Hey, this is Sean Tepper, the host of Payback Time, an approachable and transparent podcast on financial independence. I'd like to bring on guests who hear authentic stories while giving you actionable takeaways you can use today. Let's go. My next guest was a sales executive who made the transition to creating an agency that helps tokenize businesses. In this episode, we talk about the types of businesses they tokenize, why a business might want to tokenize, and what kind of returns investors like you and I can expect. Please welcome Mark Fidelman. Mark, welcome to the show. Great to be on. Thank you, Sean. Yes, thank you for joining me. So why don't you kick us off and tell us about your background? Yeah, so uh, I've been around for a while. So um, started in sales, worked my all, all the way up to a uh, executive position with a publicly traded company, a Section 16 officer in sales. Decided uh, marketing was more my speed. I spent some time in the marketing departments that kept throwing me out, throwing me out. And, you know, it, they finally let me do some uh, a marketing campaign, and uh, we were very successful. I'm like, eh, this isn't that hard. It is hard, but uh, you know, I thought, well, you know, what's another challenge in my life? And so I pivoted to marketing about 12 years ago. And from there, uh, I've been in marketing most of the time, but most recently going into tokenization. So we're now a tokenization agency. Uh, that includes marketing to bring companies, real estate projects, IP, whatever it is that's of value and tokenize it, put it on the blockchain. It's not crypto, it's tokenized assets that trade like crypto. Got it. And real quick here, what is the name of your business? Smart Blocks. Smart Blocks. Got it. It's smartblocks.agency. Is that the URL? That's the URL. Yes. Perfect. Anybody want to look it up? We'll talk more about this as we go through. But if you, while we're listening and you're at a computer, you could just type that in smartblocks.agency. Okay. So let's just back up a second and talk about the transition point to what you were doing uh, previously to what you're doing now. Yeah. I mean, the most recent transition is going from marketing to tokenization as a consultancy, because that's what's really needed in this. And so what I did roughly about nine months ago is I started positioning myself on social media, on my website, on my newsletter. I've got a newsletter, uh, my YouTube channel. Uh, we put out a lot of content and I'm just positioning myself in these fields. And what that does is two things. One, people start to think of you more of, oh, what's this tokenization of assets things? What's this security token thing? And then two, it forces you to learn the industry. Now, this is a new industry, so there's a lot to learn, and you're learning every single day. Every single day, you hear about an announcement uh, about people that are, or companies, large companies that are tokenizing some sort of asset. So that's what got me there. I was I was early. Uh, I think I've positioned myself uh, pretty well. You know, I'm still an up and comer, but you know, these people are tuning in. They're giving me feedback. They're hiring us. Um, these are all good signs. But it was a lot of work. It's a lot of hey, you're talking to, to the crickets for the first three months, but if you stick it out and you're putting out good content and you're getting good feedback from other people, it, it'll pay off roughly six to nine months uh, from, from when you started. So you just got to have sure. that discipline to keep doing it and doing it and doing it. Probably what you do with your podcast. Yeah, indeed. It, it, like you can't put out one episode and, hey, you got a bunch of leads. It takes yeah. time. Yeah. Got to be repetitive. I want to drill into your previous agency. So it, it was focused on marketing. So were you doing like Facebook campaigns, YouTube campaigns, maybe websites, stuff like that? Yeah, it was mostly e-commerce. It, I still have okay. it. Oh, you I do? Okay. I was focused on e-commerce. So any kind of an e-commerce store or anything that you want to sell online, uh, that's what we were focused on. Got it. And why did you make the transition to tokenization? 
Well, I mean, tokenization is the future. Uh, most things of value will be tokenized by 2030. So we're about seven years early. But the rewards for somebody that gets in early into a market like that are, are massive. Uh, imagine getting into crypto in 2014, right? Uh, that's where we are with security tokens. Sure, sure. Okay. So it sounds like you still have your agency focused on e-commerce that's running. That's that's a monetized business model and you haven't shut that down, right? That's still going. Actually, our business with tokenization has surpassed the uh, e-commerce hmm. uh, company. So I'm mainly, I'd say, 80% focused on tokenization. Just, just the, the numbers are so much bigger and there's I, lot, way less competition. There's not a lot of competition in what I do. Sure. Yeah. We, you know, that kind of ties back to as investors, we teach the four M's focused on, I'll kind of break them down for you real quick and kind of uh, connect the dots here between your model and ours. So with the four M's, we've got the margin of safety, which really encompasses the math part of investing. But we always tell people, you don't stop at the numbers. You want to start there, but you want to look past the numbers and look at the meaning, moat, and management. Meaning is the business model. How many revenue streams does it have? Are these well-diversified revenue streams? Moat is related to you. That's the competition. Business with a lower number of competitors is a great place to be. And the management is a CEO. We like to invest in businesses with a good quarterback. Um, but but tying back to you, so you and thank you for giving the percentages. I was going to ask you what's your your percentage split on the time investment. Yeah. So it sounds like eighty percent focused on tokenization, twenty percent still in your agency. And with that in mind, how big is the agency? How many employees? Uh, the agency has eight employees. Okay. Uh, smart boxes uh, and there's crossover because we use both people. Uh, so there's probably twelve in in smart blocks. Gotcha. Okay. What I'd like to do next is talk about how your business makes money. And then we want to kind of steer the conversation towards the listeners on how they can create passive income with tokens. So yeah. with your model, who are your customers? Uh, what are they looking for? Okay. I, and I'll stick with uh, SmartBlocks for this one. So our customers are one of two types of, of individuals or, or businesses, they're mostly all businesses, but people that want to take out existing equity in their mid-sized company, you know, 5 million to 50 million that can't go public. They're just too small to go public and it's too expensive to go public. So they're like, well, why don't we tokenize the equity in our company and then issue tokens that represent that equity and they're instantly tradable on a secondary market. So mm -hmm. that would be one example. Uh, if you own a real estate project, same thing, tokenize the real estate. You don't have to wait for an exit that could be 5, 10, 15 years from now. Uh, you can use that that money from uh, tokenizing the real estate to buy another piece of real estate. So, so that's another use case, same use case. It's just taking money out of an existing asset. The second one, the second use case that we do is raising money. So if you need to raise money for something, instead of taking your company public or doing a private uh public memorandum, you know, to raise money amongst your friends and family. Well, you can tokenize that as well. And depending on what you choose, a Reg A, a Reg D, you could even do a Reg S, which is international. You can raise money from unaccredited and accredited investors, depending on what you choose. There's also something called a CF, a Reg CF, which is a crowdfunding initiative that was passed yeah. a few years ago. But all of that can be tokenized. And people are more interested in that because they're like, okay, if your company doesn't perform, I can get out instantly by trading it on a Uniswap or some sort of a security token market. 
I was going to ask you where, what kind of markets can people like ourselves, retail investors yeah. come in and just buy uh, a certain amount of token? Like you could say, I'm, I'm just going to walk through a, a real life situation. Let's say there's some tech company that's maybe valued at 50 million. It's not going mm -hmm. public, yeah. but they're like, hey, we want to take 10%, so 5 million, and we mm -hmm. want to make it available through these tokens. And mm -hmm. I could say, hey, I just want to invest like, you know, $5,000. And yeah. now I own a piece of this private company that's on some kind of marketplace or site. That that all is correct? That's all correct, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's like an equity zen, if you've heard of them. But mm -hmm. equity zen, you can't, there's no secondary market to trade that, that uh, those offerings. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and there's nobody tracking the price you know, as it goes up and down, as this $50 million company turns into a $100 million company, you know, all these things aren't being tracked in real time. Whereas if you have a market, it, it is. And, and there's also lots of benefits in terms of distributing information on the blockchain and transparency. I'm not even getting into because I don't think that's the purpose of this. Sure. Yeah. Uh, a question customers are definitely going to ask me, how safe is this? Is is this like FDIC insured or is like FINRA, anything like that? It's all exemptions to SEC and FINRA. It's it's all done exactly the same way that you do privately. You know, when these companies are raising uh, raising angel rounds mm -hmm. or they're raising their their first round, second round, whatever, it's exactly the same process. Except for now, you've added a tokenization layer, which allows these things to be liquid uh, and much more transparent. You know, the, to talk about a transparent cap table. You know, you know every wallet address, and all these uh, all these addresses are white labeled. It's not like crypto where it's all hidden. Everything's white labeled. So if somebody hacks your wallet or somebody does something nefarious, the company just reissues it to you just like that and cancels out the old one. It, it's it it operates different than crypto, but it uses the same tools as crypto. Sure, I I like the liquidity. So you could let's say invest today on a Monday, and then tomorrow I'll be like, you know what, I need that capital back because I have to make a home improvement or right. whatever. You yeah, could pull that money out. right back out. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Okay, let's just back up a second here and not talk about the investment side from the investor standpoint or the retail investor. Yeah. On your side, do you make money providing the service to get them set up as a token, or are you making some kind of or generating revenue ongoing by providing an ongoing service? So there's three ways we make money. One is, of course, we're walking them through the process. We're also marketing the token to potential investors, usually secondary investors. Two, we help them raise money. We're not a broker dealer, but we work with a network of broker dealers that help them raise money. So we actually raise the money for these companies. And then three, we take an allocation of the offering. And if that goes up in value, it's kind of like stock options to us. Sure. Uh, if that goes up in value, then we can sell the tokens at some point in time and make money off of that. So there's three different ways we make money on this. It's a smart model. And, and on that third way, is that something like you do right away, you would raise that money? Or is that like down the road, if something happens to the business, they sell for a bigger dollar, you would take a windfall number at that point? Well, I mean, for, for it's even better than that. Uh, what we do is let, we like to align our interests with our clients' interests. So let's say it goes out at a dollar per token. And anytime the market gets above a dollar, we can sell and make money from it. It's like an option. So our agreement is we can sell our allocation of tokens when they get above a certain strike price or a certain option. Mm -hmm. uh, so we like to align that with them because if we can get it to two bucks in a year, right, from a dollar, 
well, that's a big windfall for us and a big windfall for them. And so everyone wins. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, that's how we like to do it. It's not the only way we do it, but that's the way we like to do it. Align sure. our interests. Sure. Double your money. Let's talk about the retail investor. Then I want to talk about the types of companies you kind of work with. We'll drill into that a little bit. So from a retail investor standpoint, mm -hmm. if I'm interested, is this as simple as going to a, a certain website, filling out a form, then connecting my bank account, and you can do this the same day, or is there a longer process? Are we talking about how retail investors invest? Yes. Okay. So if it's Uniswap, Nothing is done. You just go to Uniswap and we buy you buy these security tokens and it's decentralized. There is no what's called a KYC process or AML, although there is behind the scenes some AML and KYC happening. It's not you're not signing up for anything. You're just using your wallet, whether it's MetaMask or something else, to connect to it and then you can buy it. Our companies first get listed on a recognized SEC approved and FINRA approved security token exchange, like an INX or a T0. So they okay. start there, and that's where my legal obligation ends is, okay, I've listed them on a registered legal place that they can list their tokens, and you can buy them from them. Uh, you have to be accredited to buy that first round. For the second and third rounds, you know, as they're being traded all over the world, because remember, with security tokens, they can be traded anywhere in the world. People can buy or sell anywhere in the world. Then that, you know, the, the laws are country-specific. But if you use something like Uniswap, there are no laws. Uh, it's totally decentralized. Nobody really controls it, yet it's providing a fair market. Sure. Yeah, I was going to ask the names of platforms people can go to to find companies. So I'm at, looks like inx.co is mm -hmm. one. You Very can good. find different... Yeah, yep. different different companies probably. Is it more than companies? Like, is there real estate? Is there arts? Everything is on there. There's so many. There's Red Swan is a real estate focused one, which I'm a big fan of. Okay, you invest in real estate. There's NFTs backed by real estate in Europe that you could buy. Everyone's very small, but there'll be some consolidation, and these things will get bigger and bigger and bigger. And why it's important, I think, to your listeners to understand this is these things aren't just like buying crypto. You know, it goes up and down. These tokens are giving out dividends. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know we'll get into that, but uh, that's the important aspect. Yeah, creating creating passive income. Okay. Let's get one more here for the audience. So I've got inx.co, which looks like businesses. And then you've got redswan.io, which you said is real estate. I'm on their site right, right. now. Um, give us a third here. Uh, T0. T0 is another big one. So you're helping these companies get listed on these sites? Yeah. Is that part of your service? Yeah, it's the whole thing. It's the legal. It's, if, it, if, if a smart contract needs to be programmed, I don't know if you want me to define what a smart contract is. but Please do, yeah. Yeah, so a smart contract is essentially, I look at the blockchain as an Excel spreadsheet that's just go ongoing. And if anyone's familiar with those spreadsheets, they have something called macros. And so when something happens, a macro kicks off, and it runs a bunch of formulas or numbers or, or whatever it is. Well, that's what a smart contract is. It's simply a macro that when an event or a trigger happens, then something else happens. I'll, I'll give you an easy example. Let's say Justin Bieber had tokenized his, his earnings. And if you own five tokens, you get into a you get a free Justin Bieber ticket every time a new concert's announced. Mm. Right. Uh, assuming sure. it's in your city. Well, Justin doesn't have to go through and his team doesn't have to go through and send out those tickets. It's all done automatically on the blockchain. An NFT appears in your wallet. And you just use that NFT to get into the stadium. 
that that would be a, a simple example. But the sky's the limit. Anything you could program, you can create a smart contract for, tie it to the token, and it just it runs endlessly, twenty four seven. You don't have to have any input whatsoever. Sure. All right, let's talk about the passive income because that's a big part of payback time. We yeah. want to teach people how do they create passive income. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, there are a number of projects that have kicked off that are ongoing that are giving off passive income. Uh, I've, we've talked about the exchanges already, Red Swan, INX, and, and these things typically give off dividends. So let's say there's an Airbnb, I can't remember the ticker symbol, but there's one that's doing Airbnbs around the world and they give out 20% of their profits to their token holders. And I, you know, it's, it's typically a lot higher than stocks because the, the cost of maintaining a security token with the compliance and all the regulations, although far, far, far less than going public, like 10X lower yeah. in fees. So they're able to give away more profits and so if you accumulate, I, I did an analysis that if you spent, I think, $1,000 a month for 10 years, you'd have a thirty dollars to $35,000 monthly income just from those security tokens that you've invested in. I know $1,000 a month to a lot of people is a lot of money, but if you are able to afford it and you get in with the right tokens that are paying things off like this, you'd have a killer income in 10 years. You imagine making $35,000 a month in 10 years. And then don't forget that when these properties, if it's real estate liquidate, then you get another big bump. Yep. If companies bought or sold or goes public on a New York Stock Exchange, you probably get another bump there. So uh, very lucrative just to be disciplined about doing something like this. I was, yeah, I was going to ask if you you went in saying, okay, I'm going to invest $1,000 a month. Yeah over 10 years, but then after five years, let's say that which you're investing in, whether it's a business that's tokenized or real estate, if it sells, in that case, your revenue stream is cut off, but you would take a liquidity event, you would get a payout, yeah. right? Exactly. Got it. Yeah. Okay. And real estate, you know, you're typically getting a sale every eight years. So uh, you could reinvest it or by the time when eight years rolls around, there's going to be an endless amount of, of things that you can get into that you couldn't get into now. I mean, you're not able to get into these major projects now because there's no way in. It's too expensive for a big real estate developer like BlackRock to say, hey, Joe Blow, invest your $5,000. But with tokenization, it's simple. Uh, right. It's not hard at all. Um, what types of companies do you typically work with? Right now, it's, it's mid-sized companies, so five to 50 million Okay. We haven't done any artwork, uh, although you know Masterworks is out there tokenizing artwork. So they fractionalize. Somebody owns a Picasso and they want to fractionalize it. And the whole point is they think Picasso is going to go up in value. And they've been pretty successful with that model. I think they're 20% annual returns uh, doing that. We're not doing that, but you know we'll do equity debt. The big one right now are like bonds like taking uh, and tokenizing bonds. This is what BlackRock's doing and others JP Morgan are doing. They're tokenizing billions of dollars worth of bonds and then they're able to use that as collateral for loans or to sell it overseas. Because right now, unless you're a US investor, you can't participate in any of this. Right. But with tokenization, you can hit anywhere in the world instantly. Yeah, that's that's a difference I see. You reduce the barriers between countries because yeah. you're everybody's on the same playing field when you're buying these tokens. And, and you're essentially your wallet, whatever you use based on whatever country, you connect that with 
as mentioned the sites earlier you've got inx red swan and t0 it's as simple as that just or, or uniswap which is no barriers anywhere right um i'm actually going to because i like i always like to give actions for the audience they can check out i see that uniswap.org is that correct yeah it's um, app.uniswap.org is the actual place where you trade and sure uh, there is no sign up process uh you just get in there and trade it's just your wallet so it's totally anonymous too wow okay let's talk about some of the risks here do you have any risks up front with the retail investors but the beauty of security tokens is not like crypto these crypto companies anyone could launch a token uh, as long as they're willing to pay the listing fee or go on mm -hmm. uniswap and provide liquidity we actually do the due diligence and i have insurance around this so we make sure that these companies are legit. You know, we look at their financial statements. They go through a legal process, mm -hmm. very similar to what you would do with a venture capitalist. Uh, it's almost identical. So the, the risks are lower. The scrutiny is not at the level publicly traded company is, but it's still pretty dang high. It's as high as if you were invest publicly in these yes. companies or these debt instruments. You know, everything's verified. There's somebody like me that's, you know, legally on the line for some of the things that we, mm -hmm. we do. If we do the legal, then yes. You know, if we check out the company, then yes. Typically, I have a third party that's that's all they do is is make sure that everything's legit. So it's far safer than crypto. Uh, had somebody done that with FTX, I'm sure a lot of people would have saved some money and they would have gone through uh, hell. Um, <laughs> so, but so that's what, that's the safer route. But ultimately, even with publicly traded companies, I know you remember Enron, you know, yeah. you know, if, if there's crooks that are doing criminal activity, it's just you, like anything. Yeah, you do the best you can. Like we use the, the word rigor with ticker and ticker has a lot of rigor. It looks at that. And you mentioned financial statements. So to the listeners, you've we look at that income statement, cash flow statement and balance sheet. We're looking at five years historical data. We want to see all the right numbers like your revenue, your net income, your free cash flow moving up year over year, quarter over quarter, not just one year, but five years. And that gives us confidence to invest. So it sounds like you guys, you have some kind of rigorous process. You want to qualify the right businesses that can that you're essentially helping be listed on the platforms you mentioned earlier correct yeah that in real estate you know make sure the property is in a good the location yeah. That, yeah. you know if they're saying we're going to give you a, a 12 percent annual rate of return you know they that they've actually done the analysis correctly so that's the level we get in at that level at play analyst and say yeah this seems like uh, this is legit based on all the other research that we've done Mm -hmm. So you have another, there's many layers of protection, but you have another layer of protection there. You also have the title company, you know, that's giving you title. You know, you have equity in this. Yeah, uh, It's all done legitimately. No, that's, that's good. And I want to kind of drill into the, you mentioned the 5 million to 50 million size and revenue. Yeah. Let's dive into a little further, the types of businesses. Like my background is typically primarily tech businesses. So SaaS, um, I've worked for some larger organizations as well, like GE and Kohler, but I like scalable businesses that aren't always selling a hardware component. If they do, that's fine. But I also like a software component because you're not selling something physical. Right. So cost of goods is pretty low. Yes, exactly. You don't have to manufacture like I'm holding yeah. my iPhone here or I, I tell people because EVs are so hot, but I always remind people that 
Sure, you can invest in a Tesla or a Ford or GM, but keep in mind to sell one unit, the amount of plastic, metal, rubber, whatever has to be put into the vehicle. Like that is all sourced from somewhere and that takes a lot of time and money. Um, Whereas with software, you don't have any of that. You can just, you can sell a hundred thousand licenses overnight and you have to maybe increase your server space by a touch. Yeah. Well, if you don't have barriers to entry, though, you could you could quickly have competitors. Yeah, yeah, there's there there's a moat situation there. Yes, indeed. Um, but yeah, t- give us an idea that you don't have to list names if you don't want to. But tell us about some of these businesses that you've helped out. Well, I mean, some of the businesses that are have already gone through the entire process that are listed that I could talk about are are companies like uh, that do mining for Bitcoin. Very easy to see the revenue stream. Uh, it is a software company, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. they're just really, really well. It's got hardware too, but they're really, really good at mining Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And so, direct revenue, Bitcoin is still really, really hot. And will continue to be into the future. Companies like BlackRock are now setting up ETFs. Actually, a lot of them are around Bitcoin. Uh, another company uh, is a software company, and they're putting out it's of all things project management software. But they're using the blockchain to keep track of of all of it. So it's it's tied to, to the blockchain. It's tied to uh, crypto mm-hmm. in a way. It's not really crypto. It's just using the blockchain or distributed ledger, depending on which direction they want to go. A lot of real estate. So um, yep. real estate projects that maybe they're having trouble raising money just because of the commercial real estate market that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you're Reader, your listeners know or don't, but um, there's kind of a liquidity crunch there because of these loan. The interest rates have skyrocketed. Uh, people have moved out of their office buildings, so the vacancy rates are high, so they can't service the debt, and so lenders don't want to get into that situation. So now they've gone to tokenizing it, and a lot of them want to tokenize in order to turn that office building into a residential building, so they can flip it and, and sell it and get out that way. So that that's a big one that's happening right now. Sure. Let's take a quick commercial break. Have you ever lost money in the stock market? Maybe you heard or saw a comment on YouTube, TikTok, Reddit, or another social platform, or maybe you just received bad advice from a friend. Yeah, I think we've all been there. Most people lose money in the stock market because they make decisions based on emotions. What if you could remove emotions from investing? What if you could make consistent returns in the stock market based solely on logic? And what if there's a software that could handle that logic for you? Introducing Ticker, a platform that helps you manage your investments with confidence. Get started today with a free trial. Visit ticker.com. That's T-Y-K-R.com. Again, ticker.com. All right, back to the show. Let's say I'm an investor and I want to invest in a business that you're you're helping out or is on one of these platforms. Can you ask for the financial statements? I know we love investing in public companies with Ticker, yeah. you know, because we have the transparency. We can look at the statements. Of course, you can use Ticker, which does a heavy does a lot of heavy lifting for you. But can you or you know any of your I wouldn't say your customers, but any retail investors go to you or go to those exchanges and be like, hey, I want to, before I invest, I really want to take a close look at their financial statements. Is that possible? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, it's even though they're under an exemption, depending on the path they choose, a Reg A, Reg D, there are reporting requirements quarterly. I think the simplest one is annually. I think that's a CF. Uh, but yeah, there, there are reporting requirements uh, and they, uh, for the most part, need to be 
uh, done by you know a somebody that's certifying that these are indeed yes. true and correct. Um, so there's another layer of safety there. It's not as rigorous, um, and I don't know if they have to follow GAP. I think they do follow GAP just by default, yeah. but they, it's not as rigorous as a company that's gone public. Right. And uh, I know I know a lot of companies that have gone public wish they hadn't because of all these requirements that, that are in place, which was due to all the fraud. Uh, so <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, but real quick here for the audience, uh, GAP being general, generally accepted accounting practices. It's the method for um, analyzing the data, the financial statements, and there's like a certain standard there. Okay, so that that's really good to know. There's transparency there. You can look. I know investors, uh, the listeners are always looking for ways that can create passive income, but of course, you know, there's risk aversion. They want to avoid losing their money or putting their money into an FTX-like company. Yeah. <laughs> See their money disappear, right? So well, the FTX had no controls essentially, and if you look at how they handled their uh, backend with a spreadsheet, I mean, it was that was a joke, and that's because they weren't a security token, they weren't regulated by anybody. They were in the Bahamas, just a bunch mm -hmm. of kids essentially uh, trading money around like uh, monopoly money. It was disgraceful. Yes, yes. So and I, like, I don't blame people for being risk averse, but this isn't crypto. I, I just want to let right. you know, this is this is on the level of a VC investment, which isn't quite as much a scrutiny as going public. But you know, a lot of protections are in place with this type of investment that you don't see in, in crypto. You don't see anything in crypto. Sure. Really. Sure. All right. I, I want to list the sites here real quick, just again for the audience, and then. Uh, I'll ask a question, then we'll dive into that rapid fire round. So real quick, your audience, um, you've got uniswap.org, inx.co, redswan.io, and t0.com are a few good options. I'm sure there's even more sites out there where you can buy these yeah. assets, whether it's a business or real estate. Um, another way to create some passive income, of course, we always say do your due diligence. If I were you, I would definitely go ask for financial statements on businesses before you make an investment. At least that's what I would do. Yeah, they should also look at tokenized debt because that's an easy one. Okay. That's just going to be serviced. And uh, part of that debt servicing goes to the, the token holders. So that's sure. another good one to look at. Sure. Nice. All right. Before the rapid fire round, is there one key takeaway you can give our retail investors um find reputable companies that are giving away dis uh, dividends tied to their business or tokenized debt or real estate that you know is paying off they're not hard to find and just stay disciplined about putting a, a thousand bucks a month into each of these or 500 if you have 500 and i promise you in 10 years if you're 20 years old listening to this you're going to be 30 years old, and hopefully with inflation tempers down, with thirty to $40,000 in monthly income, I mean, come on. Uh, it's a no-brainer to me. So if I could go back in time, that's what I'd tell myself to find these. I don't know if it's true with the stocks as much, but uh, with, with tokenization, it is. That's the returns there are quite impressive. With stocks, we we look at the compound interest factor on building wealth. Of course, when you build up a large enough portfolio, you do need to sell some shares to yeah. have the liquidity, you know, to pay your mortgage if it's not paid off or go on trips or enjoy hobbies. Um, but then there's also dividend investing, which creates that passive income. What you're talking about there, that's pretty significant passive income, 500 bucks a month, let's say, 
or let's thousand yeah thought there you go thousand dollars a month over 10 years mm -hmm. um creating 30 grand a month that's that's not easy to do with stocks but again that's a different strategy you can yeah. the company well, you're not investing in stocks you're investing in projects typically yes yeah and of uh, some of that includes estimated payoffs from real estate but the point is we went to done we did the analysis and and that's what you'd be looking at given today's what's going on in today's security token market. Sure, sure. I like the this is just my opinion. I like the play towards real estate maybe a little more with the tokenization here as opposed to businesses. We like and we warn people of this that get involved with stocks is be careful with penny stocks and IPO stocks because they're usually businesses that are very new to the market. They're trying to raise capital. Typically by this stage, venture capital, private equity and banks are, are saying no. So where do you go? You go public and most retail investors don't know the difference between a good stock and a bad stock right. so they take our money. Um, so we, we do in our education teach people try to wait a good four quarters to make sure the earnings reports are beating the estimates consistently. Whereas, you know, with you, or it's not you, it's, it's the business you kind of work with, I would maybe, I would be a little more hesitant there with the businesses because I want to see them public, a little more established. Yeah. But with real estate, we already know like the rate at which the world population is growing. And I've said this to other real estate investors in the podcast, but real estate is growing, or I should say, the population is growing so fast. We need homes in these large yep. condo complexes are becoming more popular and in a safer play. And I think a tokenized option there might be a good way to create some passive income. Yeah, uh, usually higher risk, higher reward, but uh, of course, so if you look at it that way, there's probably a middle ground in tokenization as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right on. All right. Next up, let's transition to the rapid fire round. This is the part of the episode where we get to find out who Mark really is. If you can, try to answer each question in 15 seconds or less. You ready? Yeah, let's go. All right. What is your favorite podcast? My favorite podcast is probably the first thing that popped to mind was Joe Rogan because he, he does and says whatever he wants to say. Mm -hmm. And I like that about him. He's not fearful of anyone. I like that. Right on. All right. What is a recent book you read and would recommend? My uh, son's book, The Teenage Guide to Success. It's being published in October. And uh, if you're a kid that's been bullied or needs direction in life on how to become successful, he interviewed 20 billionaires and lays it all out for you. Good for him. How old is your son? He was 17 when he wrote the book. He's 18 now. Wow. Congratulations. Props mm -hmm. to him. Reaching yeah. out to 20 billionaires. Yeah. Probably reached, well, out, reached to out to 400 billionaires, but 20 answered. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. That's a backtrack here. You probably get a lot of no's before you get a yes. A lot, a lot of nothings, right? It's like, yeah, they have layers of protection around them. But so yeah. you get Howard Marks, though, you probably know Howard Marks. Yes, in, indeed. Yeah. Good for him. That's pretty yeah. cool. All right. Next question. Here's a movie question. What is your favorite movie? My favorite movie is it's really The Natural, which is about baseball, but uh, I like all the symbolism in it. I like the comeback story. That's probably my favorite movie of all time. Inception is kind of a, a movie I like just because of the weird twists and, and things that are going on uh, in, in that movie uh, would be kind of a second choice. Inception is indeed probably, if not my favorite, pretty pretty darn close. Great film. Christopher Nolan. Yeah. yeah. Right on. All right. A few business questions here. What is the worst advice you ever received? Wow. Worst advice I ever received was uh, don't 
They said, don't jump into social media. It's a waste of time. Um, and it can be, but it wasn't for me. I mean, it really built, you know, the, the businesses I have and, and my reputation in the businesses. Nice. All right. Flip the equation here. What is the best advice you ever received? The best advice I ever received was to really understand the strategy. Probably a lot of what you just talked about, but you know, before investing in a company, before investing in a career, before investing in anything, is go through some sort of a SWOT analysis. I'm just simplifying things and really, really understand it from a future point of view and a current point of view, and whether you fit into that industry or not. If it's career, if it's a if it's a business that you're investing in, same thing. Is this business going to be? Do you want to invest in Blockbuster or Netflix? Yeah, <laughs> good example. Yeah, cool. All right. And last question. Here's the time machine question. If you could go back in time to give your younger self advice, what age would you visit? And what would you say? I would I would visit right out of college and um, give myself better advice. I would have gone to a big company at first. It took me a while to go to a big company, learn everything I wanted to know, and then partner up with people to launch my own business in that same industry. So stay, stay focused on an industry, become successful in an industry, develop a reputation, start a business. And then if I want to do something after I started the business and sold it, more power to you. Uh, I'm right. kind of a renaissance person. Uh, so I like to do different things. Um, so that, that, that that's what I would have done. Nice. All right. And where can the audience reach you? Yeah, I mean, Twitter at Mark Fidelman on YouTube. Uh, my handle is at Kryptonized1, the number one. Those are the two best places, uh, but probably Twitter or my website, smartblocks.agency. Awesome. All right, Mark. Thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Thank you, Sean. All right. We'll see ya. Hey, I'd like to say thank you for checking out this podcast. I know there's a lot of other podcasts you could be listening to, so thanks for spending some time with me. Also, if you have a moment, could you please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review? The more reviews we get, the more Apple will share this podcast with the world. So thanks for doing that. And last thing, if you do hear any stocks mentioned on this podcast, please keep in mind, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Please do not make a buy or sell decision based solely on what you hear. All right. Thanks for your time. We'll talk to you later. See ya.